0: What's going on? My name is Johnny Yerks. Welcome back to another episode of Yerks Talks, Wednesday, September 9th. Hope everyone's having a good one. On today's episode, we got a good one here. We'll be talking about the Bucks' loss in the series against the Heat and what that means for the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. LeBron makes playoff history, and he had a lot of help from a particular player named Rajon Rondo. And then once again, Slam Diego does it. They do it again. Another Grand Slam. And so we'll be getting into that. We'll be getting into that on today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter. Gonna really, yeah, gonna really start plugging things now. I didn't know how. <laughs> I, didn't, I? Didn't know how to ease into that. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm gonna really start tweeting things out. Um, I've been tweeting not a lot, but. I've been tweeting some stuff this week, uh, at John Yerkes on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Yerks Talks, the podcast on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. as far as things to follow. There's my personal Instagram, which is just, oh, Yerkes. If you want to follow that. I think I'm going to make a Facebook page for Yerks Talks too. I'll probably do that either today or tomorrow. Because I don't want people just to keep, I don't want to keep plugging it on my actual Facebook because, I, you know, this is actually, this, it's a business, right? I mean, ideally, so hopefully it goes into that, right? All right, without further ado, let's let's uh, get some news out there. So, uh, tough break for the Broncos. Uh, Von Miller, outside linebacker for them in Denver. He's expected to need surgery and probably going to miss uh, this, the entire season. He injured a tendon in his ankle near the end of yesterday's practice. Uh, a tough break for the Broncos. They're a team that's trending upward right now. Uh, you know, last year didn't really work out with Joe Flacco. Drew Locke came in, looked decent. They've got a lot of exciting weapons on offense. Cortland Sutton, uh, wide receiver, he's poised to have a really good year. Noah Fant, tight end, he's looking to make a next step as well. They signed Melvin Gordon from the Chargers. You have, have Philip Lindsay, who's very exciting to watch as well. A uh, lot of op- lot of weapons on offense for Drew Lock, and um, they were just you know it hurts, man. Von Miller is an eight time Pro Bowler, he's the best player on that defense. It's a very talented defense, you know. You have Aj Bouye coming in from from the Jaguars. You have other players around as well that can make plays, but really hurts having him. You know, second second year with Vic Fangio in his uh, defensive scheme. He came over from the Bears. So, yeah, it it really hurts. In other news, defensively, though, the Rams lock up Jalen Ramsey. He signed a five year, $100 million extension this morning, $71 million guaranteed. Uh, He's going to be making $21 million a year, which is the largest contract that's been ever signed by a cornerback. I like Jalen Ramsey this seems like a lot, but sometimes that's how it works, right? Where a cornerback will get a deal and then that'll be the highest deal. And then, you know, another quarterback or another cornerback, right. will want to get a deal and then he'll look at whoever got the deal before. And it's like, Hey man, I want more than him. So I think my, the biggest complaint on Ramsey, I would say is that he doesn't tackle at all. He's a very bad tackler, but he's great in coverage and he's, he's a solid playmaker. So it makes a lot of sense. Little, uh, I guess you'd say, bittersweet news. Uh, Ryan Shazier, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he announced his retirement this morning. He hasn't played in a while, but uh, he was a very promising player. He got drafted by the Steelers in 2014, he, and um, he was having a ridiculous. You know, he was had a really strong rookie season. He was becoming a leader on that defense. Pittsburgh's always had a great defense, and they've always drafted well on that side of the that side of the ball. He was having a really, uh, you know, solid – he was just a really solid player. And then there was a – he had a terrible, devastating Monday night injury where he was going for a tackle, and he led with his head and uh, just had a – oh, it was horrific. And um, he needed spinal stabilization surgery for that. He was – he, you know, and ever since that, you know, he missed a 28 – he missed the 2018 season due to that injury. He was trying to rehab, trying to make it back, and he just could never get 100% healthy. And so he ended up announcing his retirement. You just hate to see players go out that way. It is a very dangerous game. Um, I wish all the best for him in the future. Maybe he can, you know, coach at a college somewhere, or I'm not sure if he could maybe, I don't know, be an analyst on ESPN or one of the sports networks, but he was a lot of fun to watch, and he had a lot of potential to be one of the, to be like, one of the best linebackers in the league. So, uh, yeah, kind of sad news about that, but I wish him all the best. Finally, last bit of news here, the Okla- the Oklahoma City Thunder, so we're moving to basket hoops a little, are parting ways with Billy Donovan after five years. Uh, his contract was up at the end of this season. Uh, so when the Thunder's lost in the first round, or, yeah, the Thunder lost in the first round to the Clippers, uh, they, they took it to seven, though, which... Honestly, with their roster, pretty impressive to take the Clippers to seven. The Clippers, though, have been very up and down this year. You know, they'll just take off games. But, yeah, five seasons with the Thunder. Uh, Donovan came over from the from the Florida Gators. He was coaching them in college. Uh, he made the playoffs every year. Uh, his overall record was 240, 243 wins, 157 losses. That's a little over 60%. It's pretty good win percentage. I'm actually pretty surprised that they're letting him go, considering the season that they did have making the playoffs. But, you know, they are looking for a rebuild. This is a very young team with a lot of young talent, and so they're going to be going in that direction. I do want to give a shout out to Chris Paul. He looked like vintage CP3 from the Charlotte Hornets days. And the Hornets aren't even a team anymore. It's a. Or the New Orleans Hornets, Charlotte Hornets. Jesus, I was thinking Charlotte Bobcats. They're not a team either. But the Hornets, when he was on that team, uh, he carried them basically to. He carried them to make the bubble right, and then he carried them in the playoffs into force that game seven. Uh, you know, he's gotten a lot of stick the past couple of years. You know, since he made that, since he made a move from the Hornets, and this was a really big year. I think he's looking to. Get a move to can contender. Get a move. Holy crap. He's looking to get a move to a contender probably this offseason. So he, he balled out. He was really good. There's already reports out that the Bulls are interested. That would be great. Uh, side note, I am a Bulls fan. I am also a fan of the Lakers. I don't know what the – I mean, hmm. yeah, obviously I was a fan when Kobe was there and Derek Fisher and, you know, Phil Jackson. So I think I'm still a fan, but I wasn't, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. So it's a little, it's a little bit interesting, but I am a Bulls fan. Go Chicago. Uh, they haven't really, they've been struggling to find a head coach since they, go to, since they let go of Tom Thibodeau in 2015, they just haven't found the right guy. Uh, they had Fred Hoiberg for three years. His win percentage was 43%. And then last year they um, let go of him when they had, when they had a really rough start to the season. Jim Boylan came in. He was um, he was not any better. He was actually worse. His win percentage was thirty two percent. So they're looking for some, some some stability. I think Donovan would bring that to them. It's a very young Bulls team with a lot of talent. Some of their key players include Zach Levine, Lori Markinen. Otto Porter Jr., and then they have some young guns Denzel in Valenti- Denzel Valentine. And then Kobe White just came in this year from North Carolina. He had a pretty solid rookie season. There were some other teams that could be interested. I could see him going as well. Uh, the Orleans Pelicans, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Indiana Pacers. All right. That is it for news today. Let's move over to the NBA and the big topics here. There were two games last night, the Miami Heat – they won that series last night. They win it four to one. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, he did not play in this one. Uh, the Heat make the Eastern Conference Final for the first time in six years. Big news for them. This is a team that you didn't expect to make the finals. Jimmy Butler just carrying this team all year. Had some support. He had uh, production from the from uh, he's you know they had production from production from Tyler Hero, the rookie, and then Duncan Robinson coming in too from Michigan. They've been big for them as well. But Jimmy Butler in this one was clutched down the stretch. He made several free throws late, and he uh, had a key assist to Drogic with a, with about a minute left in the game that extended the lead to seven. Chris Middleton did come right back down, though, and try to cut it to four with a three that just rimmed out, and that pretty much sealed it. The Heat went on to win this game 103-94. to Butler, like I said, had a really good bounce-back game. Uh, this was a lot slower pace, so he he still only had 17 points, but he also had 10 boards, so he had a double-double and six assists in this one. Four of eight from the field, and he made all his free throws, eight for eight. Drogic also put in 17, and Jay Crowder had a big night, 16 points, six rebounds, and six assists for him. On the Milwaukee side of things, Chris Middleton tried his best. He tried to carry it without Giannis in there, but he had 23 points, he did struggle from the field a little bit, Eight of 25 from the field and two from nine, two of nine from three. So rough night for him. Dante DiVincenzo from uh, Villanova. I remember him. He, uh, there was a final four game, or I think it was a championship game of March Madness. Uh, Villanova was playing Michigan and he popped off in that game Uh, and just tore my heart out. He had 17, you know, he tried to pick up some of that slack with the Greek freak out. He went five of nine from the field. Lopez put in 16 points. Again, the main problem with this Milwaukee team is, is they don't get enough from their guards, and this was a perfect example. Eric Bledsoe, he struggled. He had nine assists, which is great, but he only had nine points. He needed to score more. He was 2 of 12 from the field. And then Wesley Matthews, Wesley Matthews he only put in 11. So, rough rough night for the Bucks shooting-wise. This is the second year, though, now that they've had the best record in the NBA, and they can't get it done in the playoffs. Last year, they were up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals of the Raptors. They go on to lose four straight. This year, they go down three games, and now and, and now they're out again, you know, in the semifinals. So now, the big question on everybody's mind is, what is Giannis going to do? You know, I kind of outlined this yesterday because I thought that the Heat would win, and they did. So, now it's crunch time. You know what is what is the decision he makes. He's been very vocal that he liked that he wants to stay with the Bucks. So I think that that could happen. But I, you're not, you know, I'm not really sure. So there's basically two scenarios. First one, the Bucks give him the super max. So essentially, when you are the team that has the player and they're going into the last year you can offer more than other teams that are trying to trade for him or or make a deal for him. So the Supermax would be $220 million. And that would make him a Milwaukee Buck through the 2026 season. The second thing that Giannis can do, and this will probably be what he does, is he can try to leave through trade or free agency the following year. Because this just makes the most... This is just the most logical move for him, right? Because if he signs that contract in this offseason, he's tied to the team and he has there's he can't keep the pressure on them on the organization, right? If he signs that deal, then all his leverage goes away. You know, whereas like if he waits a year, he can get the same $220 million deal in free agency. And he, you know, and it allows him to go to a contender, right? Because, like I said, in, like I've been saying all series with the, in the NBA, you need guys that can make their own shot. You need ball handlers. You need guys that can create off the dribble. And the Bucks just don't have reliable sources like that. So, again, that's why they're out again this year. And, you know, it's not a big surprise. So I think that Giannis is probably going to take the second option there. He'll probably end up leaving places he could go like i said like i outlined in yesterday's episode he'd go to golden state that would make a lot of sense and be just so disgusting Can you imagine steph curry clay thompson oh steph curry clay thompson Giannis Antetokounmpo, Draymond dream on green oh <laughs> i mean how do you how do you beat that team it's so gross any of the la teams like i said he could go there he could join lebron anthony davis he could join paul george and kawhi leonard make a lot of sense Brooklyn Nets, he could join Kyrie and Katie out there. And then the team that I'm praying that he goes to, it'd be so much fun. Uh, is Portland. I still think that he could land at Portland. I think Damian Lillard has a lot of pull. And getting a second big name superstar in there, I think, would make Portland just instantly uh contender. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to keep I'll keep track of that. We'll have to keep track of this offseason, see what Giannis does. But once again, another disappointing season for the Bucs that ends not where they wanted to. Moving on to the second game last night, the Lakers beat the Rockets. They now lead that series 2 to 1. They ended up winning that game 112 to 102. This was a very back and forth game. A lot of good offense early. LeBron carried his team in the first half. He scored 29 in in the first half. Just kept them in the game, and then the second half, Anthony Davis picked it up. But this was all about Rajon Rondo, who channeled his inner—he channeled his, his inner—he channeled his Boston Celtics days, and literally put the team on his back and put it like just put on a clinic down the stretch. He finished with twenty-one points, nine assists. He went eight of eleven from the field, and he hit three threes, three of five from the three-point line. As somebody like Rondo who doesn't shoot well, he's been really working on it when he gets later into his years or when he's gotten later in his, into his years, I should say. Really impressive. LeBron James ended up finishing with 36 points. He had seven boards as well, five assists, and he had four blocks. Some of his blocks were nasty, reminiscent of his Equador block in, in game seven against the Warriors. That's, that's for some of his blocks where he was just getting up and he was making plays. Anthony Davis also put in 26 points. He had 15 boards and six assists as well. Really solid game from him. Kuzma also was clutch off the bench. He had 14 points. On the Rocket side of things, Harden, another great night, 33 points. Almost had a triple-double. 33 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. Russell Westbrook bounced back like I said he would. By the way, I was batting 1,000 before the Lakers won tonight in all my – NBA predictions. So, just throwing it out there. It doesn't matter. I don't really care. But, you know, I, I was doing pretty good. So, yeah, Westbrook, he had a bounce back night. He had 30 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Jeff Green also had 16 points. Eric Gordon was just the problem in this one. He he just did not do enough. Uh, had a rough shooting night. But, you know, sometimes it happens. Rondo was the difference, though. Rondo down the stretch hit it, huge buckets was finding easy was finding e- people open for threes and layups kuzma was a big uh reciprocator of that he would just find find lanes and cut to the basket Rondo would feed him and then he would just have easy layups the rockets um defensively just weren't that great in this one they really sh- uh did they just allowed the Lakers to do whatever they want um the Lakers aren't a very good three ball shooting team. They don't shoot the ball particularly well behind the arc. And so I was very surprised that the Rockets didn't do more to force them to kick it out to somebody to shoot the three. I mean, you know, you can live, if, if I'm the, I'm the Rockets, I can live with Rondo making threes or shooting them at least. Right. I, you know, I don't want to get beat by Anthony Davis just like working in the post and putting back layups you know, LeBron's going to do LeBron things, but, I, I you know, they got to pick up their defense if they're going to win this series. Westbrook, you know, played well, well enough to win. But, again, yeah, they just had to play better defense in this one. I think that was really the big thing. And then, yeah, Eric, Eric Gordon did drop the ball a little bit. He uh, had a rough shooting night. With this win, though, LeBron passes Derek Fisher for the most career playoff wins with 162. Which is just insanity. That's so crazy. First, first reason why it's just ridiculous is because we're in the semifinals right now. So that could very easily by the end of the season be, you know, if they go on to win the whole thing, that's going to be 170 plus career playoff wins for LeBron. I mean, holy crap. That's insane. The second reason why this is so crazy, though, this is LeBron's 17th season in the league. He's 35 years old, right? And he still looks like the best athlete out there. He just looks like a god among men. I mean, watching him in that first half last night, he was doing whatever he wanted. Everything was going in, step backs, threes. He would just, you know, fast break dunks. In the third quarter, he had insane blocks where he would jump from one side of the key to the other and swat it away. He's a freak athlete, man. I hate when he, you know, talks about anything... You know, that's not regarding basketball. I, I don't agree with his opinions there. Uh, all right, John, don't get too political. But um, look, you love him or hate him, the guy is remarkable. And I, I'm i invested in this series now. The series has been really good. And I still think it's going to go the distance. I think the Rockets will probably bounce back. But I'll go more into detail about that tomorrow when we preview that game. Speaking of games, there's two more tonight. Celtics against the Raptors, the Celtics are going to try to win that series tonight. They are up 3-2 right now. The Raptors, they got to look to try to bounce back after being absolutely humiliated in Game 5. Like I said, they got hit in the mouth early and they didn't know what to do. They just became shell-shocked. They had a terrible night. I think the Celtics do close it out tonight. They smell bl- they smell that blood in the water. They're going to be hungry for it. I think that they do get the win and they move on to face the heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Second game tonight, game four, Clippers-Nuggets. The Clippers are up 2-1. This one's very close as well. This uh, These two series, the Western Conference series, have been really good. I mean, the Celtics-Raptors series has been good as well, but I've really enjoyed the Western Conference series as a whole. This one comes down to if, can Jamal Murray bounce back? You know, he had that rough game three. Can he help out Nikola Jokic? They have to have – both of them have to play well. They have to score a lot of points. And um, can we see any more production from any other players on the Nuggets? You know, you have Millsap there. He had 10 points last game, but, you know, can he do more? Um, Porter Jr. was big off the bench. He had 18. Can he continue to be productive off the bench? We'll see about that. My prediction for this one, I still pick the Clippers. I think Paul George George has been playoff Paul. He's been killing it. Kawhi Leonard, he had a good bounce back game three. And he was unsolvable down the stretch with that pick and roll. I think that they're going to keep that momentum going. And they'll probably win the next two games. But I think they'll win tonight. Put that series. Uh, uh, they'll be up in the series 3-1. to one. All right. Let's talk about some baseball. All right. And the San Diego Padres. Now, real quick, I do want to make an announcement regarding how I'm going to handle talking about baseball. I've been thinking about this a lot. I think I'm just going to focus on the Padres because I feel like when I talk about the Cubs and the Padres that I should just be talking about more teams as well. And I do talk about, you know, the teams that they're facing a little bit, but even still, I I think I'm not doing enough. So I think if I just talk about the Padres, then that allows me to – not feel so guilty about not talking about the whole m l b the whole m l b what I might do though is in future episodes is just maybe do a quick little rundown of games that were played or any highlights so for example, the Phillies walked it off last night, the Yankees have been struggling, they've lost seven of the last eight, stuff like that. The Cubs also did win last night three to three to zero all right <laughs> now that we've said that, but that's gonna be the plan so. Slam! Diego Padres. So yes, the Padres did it again. Another grand slam. They beat the Rockies last night. They they killed them. Actually, it wasn't. They did more than just beat them. They 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 went into their house and stole their stole all their money and goods, and then you know ransacked the place. It was it was just destruction. It didn't start out great though. You know, Mike Clevenger getting his second start as a Padre. Top of the first, uh, he gave up a double to Trevor Story. Then he walked Blackman and then gave up a three-run home run to Nolan Arenado. He would give up one more hit in that inning and then strike out two more to end it. So down 3, three zero, top of the first, not what you'd like to see. But this Padres team, time in, time and time again, all season, I believe they still have the most comeback wins on this season. I think they were at 16 or 17, but the whole year they are never out of games. And so it was instant, an instant response in the bottom of the first, they did have some help though, from Chi Chi Gonzalez, making his second start. Remember I was saying he was coming back from injury and uh, yeah, he definitely struggled Chi Chi check. There should be a check in the mail for you. Uh, If it's not there yet, it should get there by at least Friday. Okay. So yeah, because he very—I mean—he struggled. He was bad. He walked the first three batters. He walked Grisham, Tatis Jr., Machado. They, they—all they, three of them had good at bats, but I mean, Gonzalez was off his game. He was not throwing good stuff. Yeah, uh, but he did end up striking out Morlin, which is a little bit frustrating to see. You know, Morlin did end up having a few hits in this one, but I would have loved for him to get some RBIs going there. He needs a confidence boost for sure. Uh, but so Gonzalez did strike out Morlin, but then he hit. Austin Nola with his the next batter he hit Austin Nola, which brought in a run, and then his night was over. That was it for that was it for Chichi. Uh, he went a third of an inning. So then in came Jose Mejica for the Rockies. Uh, this was brutal, by the way. Uh, it was his major league debut. I mean, what a what a terrible situation to come into, right? First game in the majors, bases loaded, one out. It's uh, just a really tough spot to come into. Uh, and then up stepped uh, Will Myers. Now, uh, I, I uh, Monday's episode, I did give Will Myers some flack. I was saying, you know, peaks and valleys, a roller coaster, and uh, but I want him to do well, right? I, I don't want him to suck. I don't want the peaks and valleys. I want just a solid, consistent player that we can play day in and day out, and helps this team win a World Series. You know, that's what I want. And so Will did just that. Uh, 1-0 count. He takes a fastball opposite field, hits that grand slam. Everything is just amazing. Seventh grand slam for Slam Diego this year, and we take the lead, five to three. He was not done though, and he, uh, you know, he did more because he just wants to make me look bad. To be fair, I think that I had something to do with that home run last night, that grand slam. You know, I think maybe Will, through the grapevines, heard, heard about this podcast and was like, you know what, I'll show him. I'm not going to do it. I will say, though, in defense of my argument for Will Myers, he's always good against the Rockies. So, there is that. The Padres would go on, though, to, to add five more runs in the second inning. They got a two-RBI double from Machado and a three-run home run by Austin Nola, who has been killing it. He's been so good for us. He's been catching very well. Obviously, he's hitting the ball a lot better than Hedges was. He's been a great signing. Like I said, Myers was not done. He ended up having a three-hit night. After that grand slam, though, he wanted another home run, so he had a solo shot in the seventh to center. The Padres would end up scoring two more runs in that seventh, making it 14-5. to They were ahead, actually, by so much that Craig Staman made an appearance, of all people in the top of the ninth, and he uh, he had another clean inning of work, and the parties went on to win this one 14-5. Speaking of Clevenger, though, after that first inning, he uh, started dealing. So he did give up, after the three-run homer, he did give up one more hit to Matt Kemp, but then after that, he retired the next 11 batters. He finished the night, five innings pitched, five hits, four earned, one walk, eight strikeouts. Another solid start for Clevenger. You know, I'm not a big fan of the whole, you know, struggling early thing. But if he tightens it up in the later innings, then I'm all for it. You know, ideally you don't want to give up three runs in the first. And you definitely don't want to give up a home run in the first. But he's been been good. He's been really good in his first two starts. I can live with him giving up hits early if he ends up tightening down the hatches and pitching five to six really solid innings. And that's what he did tonight. Actually, there was an interview of him after the game, and he was just talking about how the team was just so positive, even after he hit the 3-1 home run, that they just have so much fight in them and that, you know, they're always hungry. They're always trying to eat. And that he sums it up perfectly. That's always what they're trying to do. This team all year has been hungry, hungry at the plate. They've always been able to come from behind. They're never out of games. The pitching has been sensational. And, man, I just – I love this team! I love the San Diego Padres baby. They've been the highlight of this year for me. With all the corona nonsense, with all the other things that are going on, I love the San Diego Padres. They're great. Other uh noticeable are no noticeable? I guess other things other things about this game. Taylor Williams made his debut from the Mar- from the Mariners uh relief pitcher. For those of you that don't know who he is, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny that the Potters have him. He was the guy that Will Myers hit his uh, hit his uh, three run three run walk off on uh, in that doubleheader against the Mariners in Game One. Uh, he uh, won an inning, gave up two hits, one run, and one strikeout, so that's eh, okay. And then uh, Adrian Marajon he continues to be really good coming out of that bullpen. He had a one and one third innings pitched, one hit, no runs, and two strikeouts. The Padres going to be going for that sweep tonight, and I think that they're going to. I think that they're going to get it. I hope that they get it, man. I'd love to have a sweep, another one. Get that broom ready tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on the mound for us tonight. Zach Davies with a six and two record, rocking that solid two point two three ERA, and then on the round for, on the mound for the Rockies. It's Antonio Senzatella. He's got a 3-3 ERA this year and his last start he went 5 and one thirds 7 hits, 2 earned runs, no walks and 3 strikeouts. All right guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. I uh, am I'm like a kid on I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve today because we have football tomorrow and I am very excited about that. I've been waiting a very long time for football. It's finally here. So tomorrow we get into some football stuff. We'll be doing predictions. We might talk a little bit about some quarterbacks, see how the season's going to go off for some people. And then Friday, we really hit the ground running. We're going to recap that Thursday night game on Friday, and then we're going we're gonna to preview all the games on Sunday. It is going to be fantastic. Do not miss these next two episodes. This is going to be when the podcast really gets the ground going. Really hits the ground running and we can really get it going. Uh, before I end it off, I do want to say, I really do appreciate the support. Yesterday kind of sucked for me. There was some issues uploading some things, but uh, you know, I'm keeping that positive mindset. I'm trying to get better every single episode I record, you know, trying to get in the flow, get in the groove of things. So again, keep supporting me. I really do appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter. I'll probably start following some people on Twitter today, Try to get, Some people to actually follow me on there. (laughs) Uh, So follow me on Twitter. If you haven't gone to Instagram yet, at Yerks underscore talks, that is where you get info about the podcast, notifications, updates, all that jazz. But that'll do it for me, guys. Have a good rest of your Wednesday. My name is John Yerks. This has been Yerks Talks, and I am out of here. Have a good one.